Lindsay Berra, and welcome to Food of the Gods, a podcast that explores how elite athletes eat and train to fuel performance. This is part two of our conversation with former NBA big man, Charles Oakley. Oakley played 19 seasons with the Bulls, Knicks, Raptors, Wizards, and Rockets, and was known as one of the best rebounders in the NBA. In his current book, The Last Enforcer, outrageous stories from the life and times of one of the NBA's fiercest competitors, Oakley shares unfiltered tales about his career and his relationships with some of the game's best. Oakley is also an accomplished chef, and whether he's cooking for hundreds at homeless shelters in cities across the country or just whipping up a meal for his wife and kids at home, he loves to be in the kitchen. But Oakley understands the need to balance all that food with exercise. And at age 58, he prides himself on the fact that people often tell him he looks like he could still play. His philosophy, if you're not moving, you're in quicksand. Did you have any any points after you retired from basketball where you wanted to stop working out so often or take it easy like some of these other guys you mentioned? Or has fitness always been such a part of your routine that that thought never crossed your mind? Fitness never was like when I got through the ball. No, I didn't want to stop because my thing is I can still basically my same size 18 years later. About since I got the league, I probably got gained 10 pounds. So half a pound a year almost. But uh, that's from not doing suicides. (laughs) No, I can can jump some rope just to be like a suicide. But no, I just when I got out, I wanted I just wanted to still look like a pro at wherever I went because people will come up to you for pictures and autographs. You wanted like, wow, okay, you still could be. They said like a lot to me, like you still like you can play. I said, you know, well, I can play, but I don't have a court. So, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't have a problem. I'm glad I kept working out because I see some of my friends. I'd probably be like them, 30, 40 pounds overweight. So I'm glad I'm not. You mentioned your time on Dancing with the Stars, and I'm sure that that was a very different kind of physical activity than you're used to. I'm curious what you learned about fitness and exercise from that experience on Dancing with the Stars. Yes, yeah, a good one. So Dance with the Stars, it's basically like working out. When you're used to working out and going hard, so this is what they do. They get you there, you take your physical, during the pandemic, so number one, we had to take a COVID test every day, some days, twice a day. And your schedule is a lot of interviews. So you don't know what time to that next day, but a lot of interviews, you never went to practice, rehearse at the same time. You might go eight to 12, 10 to two, one to five, three to six, seven to 10. So you couldn't make no other schedule because they kept you doing something. So I, I really enjoyed it because it was, the work wasn't, they said the work was hard. A lot of people was like breaking down the series I was on because you had to work four or five hours dancing and stopping and dancing and stopping. And then next thing, when you leave there, you got to do an interview on the way to the hotel. Got to do three Zooms here. So a lot of people was feeling the pain, but me being in shape helped me a lot. So I because I got bad toes, but the whole time I was there for the three weeks and a half, I didn't have no problem. Only problem I had a problem was the first show was we had to do the routine twice before the show. And I didn't know I was sitting around. I got a little tight and I looked a little stiff. But the second week, I know it stayed loose. Yeah. I remember watching you. I saw the first couple of episodes and I remember you coming out and I was like, look at the oak man there. He, he's got a little <laughs> swivel in those hips. Like, were they impressed that you could move pretty well? Uh, yeah, I could have been better. But the thing is, you they telling me to hold my arms up and smile at the same time. And my partner was 5'1". I'm 6'9". I'm telling you. <laughs> 
This is almost telling me that I'm playing defense with Pat Riley. I got to hold my hands up in the air the whole time on defense. But it was good. It was a good challenge. I did it. My mom was happy. A lot of my friends said they could have gave me $20 million. I would have done it. So I just did it for the love. Get some my mom, my family, something to laugh at. I know during the pandemic, because everybody was tuned in. But it's something like that. Hey, like I said, they, they never expect me to do it, but I did it. It was okay. I mean, I didn't hurt myself by doing it. No, I, w- I would imagine maybe knowing the kind of player you were, that the hardest part for you was the smiling. Yeah, yeah, it was. Because <laughs> right before I did my first routine live, he just kept, you got to smile, you got to smile. So I'm thinking I got to smile. I got to hold my head up. And so it was fun. I'm, you know, it's a challenge, but I did it. So, hey, my partner, it was just good. I mean, Emma, Emma, she taught me a lot, though. She was real patient with me, my partner. So it was a great thing. It probably improved your posture, too. Could just stand yeah. it up real straight. Yeah. yeah. Do you still play basketball? I shoot around with my stepson sometimes. But maybe about, right before the pandemic, I was playing. But since then, I have really played up and down court. I was going still going up and down with some guys. So now I just shoot on half court. Do you play any other sports? Do you golf or anything else? I golf. My golf game leaving me, too, because I got a pinched nerve in my back. And like I have golf is just so hard that you you terrible. Yeah, you gotta you gotta put your time in. Golf is worse than dance with the stars and working the NBA because you got to be on point on every swing, every turn. Then you're using like seven eight clubs around because the distance is you gotta get certain club or certain distance. So that's just I mean golf. I mean the pros who play golf every Saturday Sunday on TV. I get a lot of love for me because it's hard. We had Gary Player on the podcast, who's 86 years old now, and he still works out every day. And he says that shooting two over par at 86 years old is a bad day for him. And I'm like, hmm, must be nice. I'd give my left arm to shoot two over par. (laughs) But see, he's 86. He ain't playing for the tips no more. He probably playing for the whites. So if he's playing for the tips, he'd probably be shooting his age, 86. (laughs) <laughs> he says his goal is just to always shoot under his age. I think he plays from the blues. I'd have to find out, but he can still get oh, around. Yeah, He's pretty I good. Him, I watch when they play the mass on that part three a lot. And uh, he still get through it. It's pretty cool. So yeah. you've mentioned that you don't too much watch what you eat. Do you follow any kind of a particular diet? Never been on a diet. Never. Never. I know everybody be like, well, try this. Well, don't eat no meat for fun. Can you fast for a two to three days? Like, no. I eat too many chips and too many cookies and special ice cream. I, I can't do it. But I don't want to abuse it. But I just do it to, at my leisure, you know? What does a normal day of eating look like for you? Mm, okay. I eat this morning what I had. So I got up this morning about six. And came over and made me a bacon. I love bacon and sausage. So I made me a bacon. <laughs> I cooked four pieces of bacon, two pieces of white bread, toasted with jelly, and made me a protein shake with oatmeal and blueberry. I put some water in it, and that was it. And I just had a Caesar salad for lunch. I'm going to have a turkey burger and some fries for dinner. Cool. Has your eating changed at all since you played in the NBA, or did you eat similarly back then as well? Similar thing, because I cooked. Especially at home on the road, I'm real picky. So I just eat like a turkey sandwich, some chips before some games because I don't I don't like hotel food. Yeah. Did they have the protein shakes and stuff available for you guys in the 80s and the 90s? No, maybe my last couple of years in the league in uh, like Toronto and he's, they started getting that stuff for the younger guys, putting it in the locker room. They started making them breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
and food after the game and food and shoot around. They just, hey, we didn't have none of that. We was we had to hustle and get stuff. But, I mean, I guess it's better for the younger guys because they don't like to get up early. So they try to, they got to make sure they're okay. It's more like a little daycare center there. Oh, God. Did they give you anything back then? Did you have pregame meals with the team? No. Only time we have Only time we had pregame meal is a Sunday game, and we'll have a team brunch or something at the hotel set up, but that's it. And nothing post-game either? No. You were 100% on your own. That's amazing, because you're right. The guys get three meals and snacks and anything they oh, yeah. want nowadays. Made to order omelets. They to make a meal, they come pick them up, so they really got it good. Wow. So, yeah, we just tell it, like, I mean, we used to play for New York, and we in Boston, and we used to play a lot of 1 o'clock games. So we just get the ball boys money to go, go to Burger Kings. I just go, go get about 15 burgers and fries, and we had soda. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I just do all that stuff for the team. I always just look out for my teammates at all the time. Wow, that's crazy. So you love to cook now. You're known to be a really good cook. Where did you learn that? Well, just seeing my grandmother, my mom, and my aunts and everybody cooking. And the reason I took it up because, like I said, playing ball, going away, coming back home. And I said, I was in Chicago. I said, if I go, we on the road for a like, five-game road trip. I'm eating out and snack. Then I'm coming home, eating out. I just started making dishes and dishes until I got up to the big dishes and making them. Then when I got the guys started coming over Christmas and Thanksgiving, and they saying it's good, it's good. Then in the summertime, the barbecues. So I've been working with that for a while. I probably got good, but I got about early, like 30. I really had it going good then, the food-wise. Did your mom and your grandmother actually teach you when you were a kid? I know so you're one of six no. kids. Were, were the kids in the kitchen? No, we weren't in the kitchen. We, had, we learned on the, on the fly. I did. Basically, you know, when you got a taste for food, when you're around, they've been cooking like great cooks, so... My thing is with food, I basically can tell what's in it. And then I mm-hmm. try to like, go by a season. You got to know how to season. And my thing with season, some food don't need a lot of season. And some food, you just season one side and let it blend, let it cook. Some food, I already got the, the taste to it. So my thing, that's why I had to learn the most. How to season, especially dark meat, need more more season, light meat, need less season. And just, I've been cooking for 100, 200, 300 people. I know when you season the food, always put a little more in it. Because as you cook, the taste, you want to blend together. Sometimes you cook a lot of stuff, the taste go away. So you got to know you put extra taste, season and stuff when you cook. So I've been doing pretty good with it. Yeah. So what are your favorite meals to make? What are your specialties? So basically when I'm out doing it, oh, God, hungry. So we're cooking for like three or four hundred people. So we got to cook stuff to go a long way. So I just, in Philly, this is what I cook. We had dinner, so I made three big pans of lasagna, Alfredo sauce, white sauce with broccoli and chicken. Wow. And uh, we had dinner rolls. We had for dinner we had like 150 people. So sometimes, like when we're going to Nashville on Thursday, we cook at uh, the inner cities. It's a uh, local shelter. We're gonna cook for like 500. So we're gonna do like wow. a lot of macaroni and cheese. We're gonna do uh, string beans. We're gonna do baked beans, and we're gonna have barbecue. I mean, corn. Who are we cooking for? I'm doing small, sexy brunches. I'm probably doing some Brussels sprout, lamb chops, sea bath. Sometimes I do plated meal with steaks, with uh, steak, broccoli, potatoes, uh, something like that. But I don't know. My go-to meal is probably, I don't know. I mean, I, I love everything I cook. So it's just, if you want a good uh, bronzini with some risotto or with some uh, mm-hmm. Russell sprouts or something like that. 
I would love a good bronzini with some risotto and some Brussels sprouts. <laughs> do you do all the cooking at home or does your wife cook too? I do all the cooking, 99.9. <laughs> and you like making breakfast and lunch as much as you like making fancy dinners? My daughter loved chicken fried rice. This is our favorite meal. She like in the morning, she eats some turkey, sauce, and some little french fries. She likes french fries with depth. And then my stepson, he like turkey sauce and pancakes. So they they never eat the same meal. So for dinner, she eat chicken fried rice and collard greens. She do eat vegetables. He might want lamb chops and french fries. But then she like collard greens and wings. Well, he might like wings, but he want french fries. So they like different meals. That's crazy. Both of them like different meals, but yeah. How old are they? Five and eight. Wow. And you're like a short order cook then. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So you mentioned you don't really much curb what you eat, but if they were going to shoot you tomorrow morning at dawn, what would be your last meal? What's your favorite cheat meal? Probably some lamb chops, some whipped sweet potatoes, mm-hmm. and some good collard greens. This all sounds very good. So you mentioned now that you do take the protein shakes. Have you embraced the supplement craze as you've gotten older? Is there anything else that you take that you feel really helps you? No, I don't take nothing else. But I only take the protein. I think maybe about one a month. I'm not really crazy. I just like, I had to go to the dentist. That's why I didn't want to drink nothing, eat nothing too big. So instead of putting the banana in it, I put the, put the oatmeal in it. And it, it was good. Yeah. I don't mind trying that. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So. From a diet and a fitness perspective, is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew as a younger athlete? Not really, but I don't think for us diet, no. no. For us working my body, I wish I would have did legs more. My leg was my weakness. That's why I tried to do legs. I wasn't a high jumper. Mm-hmm. So working on my legs, uh, they said do a lot of squats, some leg press. I did it, but I, only, I did enough to get past. I, like, maybe I should have did more. Uh, working on my legs as I was younger. So that's probably one of my things I should have, you know, I regret. I didn't find that out when I was younger. I could have probably been a better athlete. I was on, out of 10, I probably was a six and a half, seven athlete. Legs are, it's funny, a lot of men, especially in the past, didn't, legs hurt. It's hard to lift legs. So a lot of people mm-hmm. skip it. For me, girls were all concerned about our legs and our butt every day is leg day for me. Well, I did it, but I didn't do like some of the stuff you see guys doing the one leg lunges, the, you know, the stuff to make like me go like, wow, I didn't do that. So I did work on it, but like I say, maybe it had to be another way. Like I said, I did, I did squat, but not a lot. I did more leg press. As I got older, I did more lunges though, but lunges just try to keep your hips loose. And mm-hmm. So you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but what advice would you give to the folks who say they're too old to exercise or to learn a new skill or their back hurts or whatever excuse they might be giving you? All I tell an older person is like I tell my mom, you have to do this to keep going. You have to do this to function because your legs, you need your legs to walk on. You need mind or thought to help you get going. So I just try to tell them, you know, you have to work out as you get older, your body inside. And I think that uh, when you're inside not turning what you eat, sometimes your workout make it go. So I can tell everybody, you know, working out is the key. I don't know if you Eat how you eat or whatever you do, you're doing your day. But I just, I stay on my mom. Either they, they got the bikes or they got the things you can sit in a chair and just pump your legs. And I think it's the key. Movement. You stop moving, you're, you're yeah. dead, right? Yeah. If you, if you ain't moving, you ain't quicksand. <laughs> 
so the book is fully out now and available in stores? Yes. Yes, the last enforcer is at Amazon, Barnes and Nova, and if, when you once you get it, you're gonna love it. It's something that to tell someone else. You always say, say something, see some. When you get this book, tell someone. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles, can you just tell us real quick where everybody can follow you on social media? Yes, you can follow me at the Real Charles Oakland on Instagram. I got the Charles Oakland Foundation. I'm on Facebook. And uh, just Google me, I'll pop right up too. <laughs> You're an easy man to find, huh? Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Charles. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And I had a great time at your grandpa. It was the museum. It was a beautiful thing. I'm glad the Q&A was good. The people had a good time. I'm going to come back and we can maybe do it again. Just I, yeah. I'm just going to come back anyway, but I'm just going to come back and just show some love. Appreciate it. I love that there were little kids asking you really good questions, too. That was yeah, great. It was good. I mean, I like to try to give back what I can and, and the, you know, when someone asks me something, I try to be honest. The best thing way is to be honest. I try to be on point and that's the best. That's how I carry myself and I had a beautiful time there. Thank you so much, Charles. Thank you. Thanks so much to Charles for joining us on Food of the Gods. To keep up with Charles, follow him on Instagram at at TheRealOak34 and Twitter at at CharlesOakley34. You can also check out his book, The Last Enforcer, at retailers nationwide. Until next time, for more information on Food of the Gods or to download other episodes, visit us at foodofthegodspodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at at Food of the Gods Pod or email us at Food of the Gods Podcast at gmail.com. Food of the Gods is a Digitant Podcast production. <laughs> <laughs>